We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast tuesday february 28th 2023 the last day of february no leap year this year thankfully because february sucks and sorry to those that have birthdays and whatever in february but to me like march 1st that's kind of like the day where I look at it and it never actually works this way. Having living in the Midwest, but that's kind of when I started thinking of, Oh, it's spring. That's what's going on uh, for me. Ross, are we recording as you're watching North Carolina basketball again? That seems like something that might be happening. I can't confirm nor deny really any of this. I do not okay. know of what you speak. Okay. So he who does not know of which I speak, that's Ross Uglum. He is with me tonight um, and paying full attention, I promise. And, <laughs> and joined with me also is Jacob Morley. We have the the full gang back together, uh, much like, uh, I think I said this before, but last year, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and, and all those guys, they were never together. It felt like for an entire game or for a stretch of games. Now this whole crew's back together. Morley, it's combine week. None of us are in Indy. Tell us about the sadness. <laughs> It is sad. You know, the last time that we went to the combine, it was Ross and I, and then COVID immediately happened afterwards, and we didn't see anyone for years. Many, but, are, saying, uh, many are saying Jake and I caused COVID, actually, in Indianapolis. <laughs> Ross may actually be patient zero. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's been floated. It's been floated. 
Uh, no, dude, uh, in combine week is such a fun week too. It's, it, it is a really good time if you can make it out there and, uh, and get to go and kind of mingle, mingle with the other nerds like, like yourselves. It's, uh, it's like Comic-Con for draft nerds. It really kind of is. And draft weekends the same, but, uh, you know, it sucks not being there, but truth, truthfully, like a lot of the teams and coaches are not going anymore. Uh, you you get pretty much the full experience and maybe even a little bit better from uh, in front of your computer screen as the results are coming to you live and you can really sit and digest them. Uh, especially if you're a big nerd like myself, that the numbers are important. The numbers are important, man. We got to know. And you know who else the numbers are important to the Green Bay Packers. They, they love them some thresholds. And so this is really kind of the week, I think, where you can look at these prospects that – you can say like, oh, this guy seems like a Packer. This guy seems like a Packer. And you might be right. You might be wrong. But once you start getting some, you know, solidified testing results, you can really start to say, hey, this guy is a Packer. And one way you can do that is if you bought the Green Bay Draft Guide last year, go read my Packers People article because Hello. it's good. I don't I'm not one to toot my own horn often, but I was looking at it today because I'm getting geared up to write it again. Uh I mean, like, let's just let's we talked about this before the show. For the Packers, wide receiver. Let's just talk about wide receiver. The Packers have very specific criteria they like at the wide receiver position as far as athleticism. Uh, four guys, four guys last year in the draft. Four wide receivers hit every single mark that the Packers like. Guess how many of them are on the Packers roster right now, currently? Three, three, three of the four. Christian Watson hit every benchmark. Romeo Dubs hit every benchmark. And then Bo Melton, who they actually picked up off of Seattle's practice squad, hit every benchmark. And then the last guy is uh, Kevin Austin, the kid from Notre Dame. But it matters to the Packers. There's just too much evidence out there to suggest otherwise. And if you, and like I said, if you want to know what these thresholds are, um, what they're basically broken down to, you, you're going to have to buy the draft guide. You're going to have to see it. It's in there. The big board is in there. Um, it'll tell you, hey, it'll 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 narrow it down to 120 guys that the Packers might be interested in. It really does. Uh, so I, I would really suggest going out there and getting your hands on one if you have not already. But Combine Week is fun. Probably my second favorite week it, week as far as draft season goes, besides besides the actual draft itself. It's just a really fun week, guys. Yeah, it is. And uh, morally, I would I would lean more toward calling that article aggressively mediocre um, just because of the author. But, uh, you know, if you guys want to have a We're shot. Trying to sell guys. guides here, Westendorf. Trying to sell guides. Jeez, guys well, I mean, people guys. can buy guides in spite of you. That is fine, too. That is a thing that probably can happen. But at any rate. These guides feed my children. Do you want my children to starve? Apparently, I guess West, yeah, I guess like Jacob Westendorf those, does. So we got no, we got it. There's like 30 children Ross has. So on that note, yes, I have changed I my team. I've changed yeah, have my you met, team. Have you met Berkeley? She's a sweet baby angel, and she mm. likes she likes her donuts. She likes her sweets. If Ross is not selling guides, those Sandy donuts are not coming. Sandy's donuts out of Fargo, delightful. They are no not coming on Saturday mornings. They are not coming if you don't buy a draft guide. So you want Berkeley not to have her donuts, then don't drive. drive then don't buy a guy. Well, there you have it, guys. So for $8.99, you can help feed Ross's 37 children, but most especially Berkeley, and get her some Sandy's Donuts, which I have to figure out a way to get 
There's not much to visit in Fargo, North Dakota. Come to a North Dakota State game. It's not that complicated. Come to (laughs) Yes. All right. North Dakota State football and and that FCS timeline, that starts in the same time as uh, FBS football, right? So it starts like a week before the NFL. There are occasionally week zero games, but since 2015, North Dakota State has not participated in week zero. Okay, so Morley, you and I are taking a trip to Fargo is is what this means, I think, is is what that I've gathered. Say less. Yeah, so say, say less. less. All right. All right, there we go, guys. So we're going to move into what this week is. We talked about it a little bit. Morley talked about it. The the numbers matter, guys, and that's that's coming from me, who um, I have maybe somewhat famously. I don't think that's the right word, but I've talked about how the Packers don't know what RAS means, but they do certainly have – profiles they certainly have thresholds they have athletic fits and things that they and that might drive you nuts but it's like Morley said there's a mountain of evidence and and yes is there occasionally too much emphasis put into some of this stuff sure but at the end of the day there are things that you look for you know something I watched uh the other day talking about like disqualifying times or something Ross used to talk about in the from the benches days when he'd be saying like, Hey, if a corner runs like a four, six plus that's kind of a disqualifying time. You know, you talk about Cameron Dantzler or something like that from Minnesota, he's going to line up against receivers that run four, fours, four threes. That's going to be a problem. You know, there's things of like receivers running high four, sixes, four, seven, like those explosive positions and stuff like that. That's just the 40 yard dash in a nutshell, but you can see like pass rushers for the Packers. They're three cone times. They always look a certain type of way. Um, receivers always have certain type of stuff, except for Amari Rogers, who I still don't understand how they came to that conclusion, but whatever, that's a separate discussion for a different day. The bottom line that I'm getting at here is yes, the combine matters. No, it's not just the underwear Olympics. No, it is not a be all end all either. Sometimes they're guy Kingsley and Barre. He's a guy who, you know, you guys like to share those little tables for everything like that. Enigbari's number doesn't look great uh, when it's it's what? It's yellow. Like there's red, yellow, and green when it comes to these RAS scores. His was yellow. Does not mean bad player. Um, sometimes you can see where there are guys like, I mean, there are exceptions, of course. Quentin Rollins, for example, is an exception of a guy, and that's kind of a hard exception to even draw on just because that was Ted Thompson. You know, Brian Gutekunst, um, I'm not saying that you can narrow it down completely and say they'll never take this guy. Cause last year, if we had done this podcast at this time, we would say Quay Walker, Devonte Wyatt, neither one of them are going to happen. Non-premium position and an older player. Both of them are green Bay Packers. Uh, Kingsley and Barry. I'm pretty sure that we would have said probably not on their board. And he was clearly they took him. Um, there's a lot of different examples for that. So I say all that to say, Ross, of course, the numbers matter, correct? Say, but but guess where guess where you could find Devonte Wyatt and Quay Walker on the RAS shortly or short list at PackerReport.com. And that's that's kind of my basic like rebuttal to what you said. And and I'm not like here to get into an argument about it, but they don't know what RAS is. Okay, that's fine. But you can also find like 83% of their draft class on the RAS short list. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah, I think that's it, a uh, and if it's like, do I actually believe that the Green Bay Packers have a number from zero to 10 uh, formulated by a guy from Pride of Detroit named Kent Lee Platty? No, no, I don't believe that. But they probably have a number. They probably oh, have, yeah, absolutely. you know, whatever. Absolutely so they do. 
or they have thresholds or they have whatever it may be spark. I don't, doesn't matter. None of it matters. The point is year after year, I make this list and not because I'm some brilliant genius, just because like it's basic. Okay. This is who keeps showing up in in Packers draft classes. So year after year, I make this relatively short list of, of, of prospects and year after year, 70 plus percent of the draft class, if not, you know, significantly more than 70 end up there. And, and that's, you're right. Like I said, I mean, part of, part of what you're saying is right. No, I don't believe that next to, you know, Devonta or next to Christian Watson, they had 9.92 in green highlighter, like his, his actual RAS score was, but they know they, they, they have expectations for, for those numbers. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. That's all I've ever gone with. And, you know, Morley, the other thing about this is not 100% of the time, of course not. Speaking in absolutes about the draft is something that I kind of hate just in general, and I'm as guilty of it as some other players. However, more often than not, and Ross has said this before too, the best players are usually the best athletes. And an example that you can give, like, you know, when Green Bay took Rashawn Gary – Everyone was just like, oh, my God, this guy doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Not everybody. I shouldn't say that. But they're like, "What is this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Why did they pick him? Well, three years into this thing, now you kind of understand. Quay Walker, they did the same thing. And you could see from beginning of the year to the end of the year, and it doesn't always click. Like, it doesn't always click. Some guys, sometimes it's Josh Jones, and the guy is just more athlete than he is football player. But I can tell you what. There are some moments with Josh Jones when it clicked and I thought he was the greatest oh. football player of all time. I mean, Cincinnati. it doesn't always work that way. Yeah. The Cincinnati game, there was a game, Mike McCarthy's last game. I remember he sacked Josh Rosen and it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Like he's Hey, just, guess what? Guess what guys? Josh Jones still in the league too. Which is incredible guys, to me. I'm not sure pe- how people don't give up because people don't give up on that type of athletic athletes and draft pedigree. Sure. Absolutely. But that's the point I'm getting at more. That's why this week matters. So, it matters because, like I said at the front here, the best players are usually the best athletes. Are there guys that are sometimes not the greatest of athletes and still, you know, Dalvin Cook is a really good example of something like that. Mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is did not have good testing scores, a limited athlete. He is going to be a Minnesota Vikings Hall of Famer. He's not going to be in the real Hall of Fame, but he's been a really good player for, what, a decade, something like that. Yeah. Gosh, has not been that long? Close to something like that. But he's been around for a while, and he's really good. It doesn't always work that way, but – more often than not, you know, Christian Watson, when Green Bay took him last year, polished at or polished player? No. But you can kind of see from the beginning of the year and the progression throughout the year, their general plan of get the athlete a ball and see what happens. You know, and, and eventually you figure out Christian Watson's more than just a guy you can hand on a jet sweep or something like that. But at any rate, let's get into kind of what we're looking for this week because everybody's got some different things. I mentioned the pass rushers and their three cone times. That's something I certainly have my eye on because I remember Morley at PackReport.com wrote a uh, article called Petten Edges. And of course, Mike Petten's not the defensive coordinator here any longer. But for example, Rashawn Gary hit every single threshold of what Petten typically preferred in his edge rushers. So that's just something I'm keeping an eye on. But Morley, maybe it's a position group, maybe it's a drill. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. Tell me though, what is the first thing that you are really excited to pay attention to this weekend? I mean, I, you know, I write up wide receivers and safeties for the 
the Green Bay draft guy. And right now, uh, the deepest position I'm in is probably at wide receiver. And that's always a fun one to talk about just because it's a sexy position. And for for the Packers, they do have a type. They very much have a type at wide receiver. And you might just say, like, oh, freak athlete, right? And, yeah, to an extent, yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, their thresholds are size, you know, height, weight, 40, and three cone. Like, those are the things that you are really paying attention to um, for the Packers. And there's several guys in this year's draft class that, as I watch, I, I look at them and say, like, wow, that guy, you know, to, as far as film, looks very much like a Green Bay Packer. And those specific guys, I'll give you a few. And I'll kind of – I'll steer I'll steer away from the top guys, uh, from the Quinton Johnsons and the Jalen Hyatts of the world. Because, truthfully – you know, it's it's we do this every year, guys. We talk about pass catchers and you know these fun positions at the top of the draft. And what do the Packers do? They take they take the big boys early. So let's just knock those guys off because I doubt they take a wide receiver at fifteen. And I don't know if there's a wide receiver worth really taking at fifteen this year anyway. So guys that I'm really interested in. One is his name's Dontavion Wicks out of uh, the University of Virginia. Uh, he's got the size, he's got the density, but does he have the movement ability? I think he does, but we'll see how he tests. Um, another guy that that I just watched a couple days ago, and this guy, I think I'm higher on than most people are. Um, I have not heard many people talk about him, but I really, really like his game. He's a for, former five-star recruit, uh, went to Oklahoma, ended up transferring to Arkansas and had a nice year, but you watch him and just a smooth, easy mover, uh, big-bodied guy. His name is Jadon Hazelwood. He plays at Arkansas. I'm really interested to see how he tests. And then the last guy that I, I have my eye on, and I kind of pegged him as a Christian Watson type going into the Senior Bowl because I thought he could have that type of ascension at the Senior Bowl. Um, he didn't. He did not. And uh, he actually didn't have a very good week at the Senior Bowl, truth be told. I'm still intrigued by him, though. His name is um, – how do you pronounce it? I just had it pulled up. It's Andre Yoshivas out of Princeton. Um, allegedly a 4-3 kid, you know, up in that upper 6-3, 6-4 type range. Um, those are three guys that I'm really interested in just seeing how they test at the wide receiver position. Uh, from the wide receiver position too, one drill that I really like, I think you can just tell, you know, is he a natural catcher of the football and can he play the position? Um, is he is he a natural at it? I guess is the gauntlet drill, um, and I know they always talk about it. They always televise it, but a guy that can get in and run the gauntlet drill gets me excited because it is um, it's a fun thing to watch, and when they can do it well, it makes you raise your eyebrow. You get to see you know the body control, you get to see the hands, you get to see the speed, you get to see everything on display um, in a drill that is not really a football drill. But I think it does translate uh, to to a certain extent. And um, another guy, I'll go. You know, safe the safety position is off. Is not. It's a it's a high need for the Packers. Is what I'm trying to say. And one guy that I'm really interested in, really two guys that I think are very specific to what the Packers do when they kind of run that that split safety type look. Um, one of them, and I'm, I'm really high on this guy, and I saw Daniel Jeremiah come out and had him actually as his safety one, 
which was super validating for me because I was like, why is nobody talking about this kid? And then him coming out uh, and saying that he's a top 50 guy for him, his his number one overall safety in this draft class. And albeit Brian Branch, he listed at corner. Uh, but that's Jair Brown out of Penn State. And I'm really excited to see how he tests. I think he can kind of play that split safety cover two type role for the Packers um, if, he, if he can. Um, we'll see what we'll see how he tests. I think he's a really good athlete on film, um, but you want to see that show up um, in the testing numbers. And then the other guys is, is Chris Smith out of Georgia. I think those guys have very similar games. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to watch both of them test as far as the two positions that I really paid attention to so far, uh, so far this year. So we will see what happens, but I'm excited to, to get the numbers and to kind of start crunching and, and color coding my, my Google sheets and see kind of who, uh, might actually be on the Packers' radar for a draft pick come April. Yeah, and I, and I feel pretty good about uh, some of the conversation that you just had there. Like, I think maybe not a top 100 pick, you know, and we'll talk about this on the Gold Zone, which you can catch on Game on Wisconsin's YouTube channel on Wednesday nights with Moreland Eyes. How often or how likely do we feel that the Packers will select a player at receiver? But I think they know that they need some infusion of talent at both pass catcher positions, and that's kind of where I'm headed towards now before the I'll show. say this before you get too far away from it too, Jacob, to kind of talk, you just mentioned top 100 picks. And I think if you would, and this might be something I do later is once the top 100 is over and the Packers gets outside of that top 100, they're very much more so willing to kind of veer away from, I think their athletic tendencies. And you see it with guys like, uh, like Kingsley and Igbari last year, where it just gets to a point where they're like, man, this guy's too good. He doesn't check any boxes for us, but we just love his tape. Um, so I think that's a good process for the Packers too. And to just kind of talk about like, what do they do in the top 100 versus outside of the top 100 and those premium spots. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and that part will be interesting. And you were talking about premium spots. And before the show, uh, Ross pointed out to us that the Packers hadn't used a, what was it, Ross, a top 100 or a first or a second round pick on a tight top end. 64. Yeah, top 64. 
Yeah, so they haven't used a first or second round pick on a tight end since Bubba Franks, and there were some extenuating circumstances that led to the Bubba Franks pick. If you're not a historian, you can feel free to go back and look that up for yourself. But Mark Tremura hot tub. <clears throat> okay, well now you probably shouldn't look it up. <laughs> Thanks to Ross, but at any rate, okay, I'll try and move away from that as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> the tight end position is something I'm keeping an eye on because the Packers they have spent. DeGuara and Jay Sternberger were both third round picks by Brian Gutekunst. Uh, Sternberger was somebody I think that they, they viewed as a potential centerpiece of sorts to their offense. That didn't work out. Uh, DeGuara was a role player that they took and he's been just that. So I guess from that standpoint, the picks worked out, but Green Bay needs an influx of athleticism in that room. And I'm curious to see, you know, this is where you could start, you know, breaking some ties or some close races. Um, you know, you got guys like Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid. You know, I've seen a lot of people have um, that seems to be the consensus for tight end one, tight end two. Um, you know, maybe a few differences here or there, but uh, for the most part, those are the guys. Sam Laporta, that's a guy I've got my eye on personally from Iowa. You know, how does he do athletically? As somebody like that. Uh, Darnell Washington, somebody I think tweeted today that Darnell Washington is going to run in like, the four fives at 272 pounds, which is like total freak show type stuff. Um, so that part will be interesting. Luke Musgraves, another guy, does he look a little more natural catching the ball in that gauntlet drill? Like you were talking about there, boy, that's some stuff there. The other thing, you know, the Packers, they need tight ends. I, I think they need to come away with at least one in this class. And honestly, probably two. Uh, I, I got, I, I think in a perfect world, one of their veterans, whether it's Lewis or Tunyon, is back. Tyler Davis is whatever. Josiah DeGuara does what DeGuara does. And then they have like a higher pick as their kind of do it all type tight end. And then they have a, you know, later round draft pick that you can draft as like a role player to help replace Mercedes Lewis. You know, there isn't, you can't really ask a tight end to be Mercedes, but you know, give them a year, maybe two, maybe three, who knows how long Mercedes wants to play at this point, but get those guys in there, start developing them. Uh, going towards, you know, kind of replacing some of these guys. And I think that the Packers, it's probably, unless they're going to go the other free agent route and find somebody a little bit cheaper. I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, the free agency class here might change how some of that goes, but I'm definitely looking at that. And, and I mentioned pass rushers, you know, I think where Green Bay is picking and where they feasibly could be picking pending a Aaron Rodgers trade, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, some of these higher um, edge picks, and that just seems to be the perfect marriage of like potential blue chip player in this class and a need that Green Bay has. And I know that they just restructured Preston Smith. I know that Enigbare is a rookie. I know Rashawn Gary is going to get an extension. I don't care. Uh, I just watched a team in the NFC playing the Super Bowl with like 10 good pass rushers. There's no such thing as too many good pass rushers. So finding who kind of fits those those molds for the Packers. Cause I think when you get into those spots, that is where, like I said, the need kind of fits well with what green Bay kind of needs and who the best players in this class uh, typically are Ross, other than Bijan Robinson, um, who I know you want the Packers to pick at like fifth overall, where, uh, where, where's your eye going this weekend or this week? Well, it's interesting. Um, the Packers have done a really good job of, and, and like Jake said, like once you get to a certain point, whatever, throw the athletic testing out. Like Kingsley, Enigbari is just a good football player. And if he would have been a nine plus RAS, he would have been a top 45 pick. 
but he, he wasn't. In fact, he was kind of a mediocre athlete from a testing perspective. Um, and the Packers have done a really good job. Like if they're going to burn a high pick uh, on, on a pass rusher, specifically an edge, it's going to be, you know, someone that that has a, a pretty darn good relative athletic score, someone who, uh, you know, tests well. Uh, again, maybe don't obsess about RAS. That's, that's fine, whatever. Um, but what I will say is the best edge rushers almost to a T in this league are elite athletes. There are very, very few – not just for the Green Bay Packers, league-wide. There are very, very few dudes that rush the passer in this league that are not like 90th plus percentile NFL athletes at that position. Just thinking back to that class, weren't Burns and Gary, like both of those guys were like 999, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy high. I mean, you just like – this is maybe getting slightly into the weeds, and I don't know necessarily that I have all of these – perfectly in my head of who is or isn't elite if that makes sense or from a testing perspective but here are your pass rush grades from pff and i'm not gonna have the pff argument right now miles garrett freak i know for sure micah parts <laughs> freak i know freak. for sure i don't remember hassan reddick's ras score but i i loved him so it was probably high <laughs> Um, Bosa, you just watch the bend of Reddick. I mean, that's... yeah, Bosa freak, Brandon or Jalen Phillips, super freak. Uh, Brandon Graham, I don't remember, but like Uche freak, Trey Henderson freak. Um, then you get to your exceptions to the rule, like Z- like Zadarius Smith, but boom, right after that, Joey Bosa, super freak, Max Crosby, super freak, Rashawn Gary, super freak. The the the, the top level here is all just aliens and that i mean it 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 just is what it is the same can kind of be said for the tight end position and the packers have kind of not cared it's been crazy like you talk about dudes at the tight end position kittle and kelsey are freaks and, and you saw like um, Chig Conquo and, and uh, Jelani Woods even have nice rookie seasons. More often than not, very successful NFL tight ends are high-level, high-level athletes. And the Packers have kind of just not cared, um, which is crazy to, to, to me. Uh, Goddard, I'm pretty sure, was a high-level athlete as well was yep um but the Packers have just been like whatever Jace is whatever Deguara is whatever most famously unathletic Richard Rogers like yeah Green Bay has just not cared for whatever reason and so that's why I'm interested to watch I, I I'm really high on Musgrave and I think there's certainly you know a level he could reach athletically where boy would i be you know interested in in him maybe earlier than someone should be but uh the tight ends and the and the edges i think have the most direct correlation from testing to on the field especially at the top of the draft and the top of the league and that's what we're really here for right is difference makers dudes 
Like you could fill out the roster, but we're here for dudes. Yeah, nobody's – I mean, with all due respect, the only time they really praise the role players is if your team's winning a championship or right. in that in that conversation. You know, we're not – nobody cares about – I don't know a Chiefs role player, but, like, you know, somebody like that if if they're playing on divisional weekend and that's it. You know, the Packers – who were the Packers role players last year? Was that that big of a deal? Probably not. So that's fair. Um, I think that's a good um, indi- indicator, like you mentioned. And it's been weird because, like you said, the Packers – What'd you say, Ross? 70, 80% of people end up on your short list that you put at PackerReport.com and the tight ends. <laughs> it's, I mean, Jace, like you said, you know not. And it's it's also a great um it's also a great uh uh UDFA guide. A, a ton of the UDFAs that they bring in are guys from the short list. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's just been the strangest part is the one place. And frankly, I mean, this doesn't necessarily mean it's correlated, but that's the one. Like, if you had to ask me right now, what's the worst position on the Packers roster from a talent person? Assuming, like, say they brought everybody, even if they just bring everybody back, because you know, obviously, safety, there's nobody under contract, but like, tight ends on that short list, and it's kind of the position that really, what other than Tunyon having a great season the COVID year when's the last time the Packers had a tight end that had a good season, like just a, a good one. You know, I mean, are we going all the way back to Jermichael Finley? It certainly kind of feel well, because even Jared Cook's season was just half a year. Like I'll be at a hell of a half a year An iconic play in a playoff game certainly gets something out of that, but I'll just be interested to see, you know, who does well at that position. And then, if Green Bay does happen to, you know, grab one of those guys, because like we've talked about, you know, Green Bay needs at least one and, and maybe two, you know, my ideal world, if you will, is that Green Bay grabs one with one of their first three picks and then snags a guy later, um, you know, as a developmental type. And, and maybe he just becomes like your blocking tight end and replaces Mercedes Lewis. And that's fine. Like that's kind of what, when you have those, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks, you're just kind of hoping they become anything. They're just lottery tickets more than anything else. Drafts what four to four rounds long, maybe five, depending on who you ask. But that's where that's where that's gonna go. Um, Morley, anything else? Do you want to go on another uh, soliloquy here before we close up shop? Just kind of a summation of what we've talked about. No, I think you guys, I think we've hit it. Like it's it's important. It is important for the Packers, you know, the the football's not played in shorts, guy. Um, it's kind of wrong. I mean, he's right. It's not played in shorts, but I think you guys hit the nail on the head just talking about, like, the NFL draft is about mitigating risks, and you want to try to mitigate risks by taking the super freak athlete because more often than not, those guys are the ones that pan out. Yeah, and and I understand, you know, there, there are guys. Like I said, Kevin King was a guy who – freako athlete, and then just – wasn't a very good football player. Like that does happen sometimes too, but this isn't a, uh, it's not an exact science, but you can get some indicators out of this weekend, out of this weekend. And of course, Brian Gutekunst media availability, where he's going to tell us every single part of his off season plan, including what he's going to do with Aaron Rodgers, where they're trading into or why they're keeping him. I'm sure that'll happen. I think, I think Schneidman and Huber said that they talked to him on Friday. I don't remember the days, but he'll have availability. Obviously Matt LaFleur won't, uh, cause he's not going. So we'll check that out. We'll be back next week, um, talking and, and maybe, you know, that'll be the week before the, 
the league year opens. So maybe we'll have some news and some stuff to talk about. One thing that's true too, at the combine, these teams are tampering their asses off big time. Uh, I think it was Billy Turner basically had his contract for the Packers done the week of the combine. Like that was something that came out, I think a little bit later, obviously unofficially. Um, but yeah, that's another part. So you should get some solid, uh, free agency rumors and things to, to fill some time. And I'm sure there might be a question or two asked about green Bay's quarterback. So check it out next week. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westerhoff. You can follow Ross. He's at Ross Uglum. You can follow Morley at Jacob Morley. Buy a green Bay draft guide. Do not let Ross's kids starve. We'll see you guys next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.